I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Forger Path Podcast. I'm really excited to share this one today, special one coming at you this morning, because today it's Father's Day. So I wanted to record this on Father's Day and just share a special story and just a special message to my dad. So look, there are certain things in life that, that you can control, and I love the ability to go out there and think about crafting and creating the life that you want, designing the things that you want, pursuing the goals that you want, and really just aspiring to be the best person you can and to live it up for whatever time you have on this planet. That said, there are certain things that are outside of your control. There are certain external conditions that you can't control. And, and some of your life is definitely influenced by luck. And there, there are certain elements that you just have simply no control over. And I think one of those, maybe the most primary that I can think of is parents. And simply put, I know other people have stated this in a similar fashion, but I'll just say, I won the lottery when it comes to my parents. I couldn't be luckier with, with my mom and dad and the upbringing that I had and growing up in Madison, New Jersey, great suburb, um, just a fun town, awesome memories of just being a kid, that kind of place where you can uh, play literally, go downtown, great food, great friends, awesome public schools. And uh, it was just a fantastic, fantastic upbringing. But specifically, my mom and dad are just, what can I say? Um, obviously, this is about Father's Day, but my mom is a hardworking, focused, loving person who just continues to this day, uh, you know, coming up on another milestone birthday in January, who just is, is so generous and just pours her heart and her life into everything about us and our family and my kids and making our lives better. And my dad, I've been fortunate that since, since I've been a young kid, he's just always been there and, at every step of the way. And obviously at life's different stages that that relationship changes, but I'm just so fortunate for all he taught me in so many different ways. So I just want to share one story because I think it's an awesome metaphor for parenting and for fatherhood. Obviously, I'm a dad of twin 12-year-old girls. And uh, for the parents out there, you know it's not a perfect situation. You know parenting is a constant challenge. And it's a constant battle of trying to figure it out. But I just felt as though I had the greatest role model in parenting from both my mom and my dad. So let me share this story. So growing up, uh, I was seven years old for this particular story. And my father took us out for a trip up on a, up on a summer weekend to a beautiful spot with uh, my uncle Jim, who is a good friend of my dad's that obviously not blood relative, but we called uncle. And he had this house up in a spot called Lake Bomazine, which is just glorious New England, bucolic landscape. Um, you can just picture it, just, just crisp morning lakes, incredible sunrises, just everything you would want in that kind of New England space where you just have that tranquility and natural beauty. 
So we go up there for, for a weekend to hang out. And I just remember pancakes with my uncle Jim in the morning with maple syrup, uh, hanging out of the house, sitting on the hammock, all kinds of great stuff. But on a particular morning, Uncle Jim decided to take us out on his boat and we're going to do some water skiing. So it's my father, my uncle Jim, um, his son, Ed, who's probably about 20, 21 at the time. I, I think he was junior or senior at Middlebury College. And my brother, John, who's three and a half years older than me. So he's got to be 10 and a half. So we go out on the lake and uh, it's just a really cool experience because I don't think I've been on a boat before. So we're zipping around on this boat and, uh, and we're getting a chance to watch everybody water ski. And my dad is, is a young dad. So he's out there just carving it up. Um, Ed is incredibly impressive. I mean, he's within seconds, he's got that ability to do that little kick out, drop the one ski and just doing those figure eights across the lake, just seamlessly, all kinds of cool things. And just as a seven-year-old, you're just in awe of the athleticism that you're seeing. And I watch my brother, who's out there getting up on both skis. I can't remember whether or not John was able to do the one ski kick out and get up, but he's he's killing it as well. And I'm just having a blast because it's just fun being out on a lake, zipping around, winning your hair, sunny day. And it's just, just a blast uh, with this crew. So we're out there for I don't know how long. I think it was a couple of hours. And uh, and I'm just perfectly happy spectating. I'm, I'm thrilled with the environment. And having a great time. And my dad says, hey, Mark, you want to give it a shot? And I hadn't even really thought about it. Perfectly happy just spectating and taking it all in. And I'm kind of nervous and hesitant about it because, you know, we're out there having a great time water skiing, but I've never been in a lake before. And, uh, and it looks pretty dark. And, you know, just that unknown of when you're a seven-year-old kid of what, what's lurking underneath here, you know, what what uh, monsters of the deep are in here. And it just, I'm not so sure. So he gives me a nudge and I say, okay, let's do it. So we get the, the life jacket. They do the double check because I think I was already wearing one. And um, they kind of give me some quick instructions and I jump in the water. And man, was I not prepared for that. If you've ever been in a, a New England lake, I don't care what time of the year it is, it's going to be cold. So that Russian sensation of just a thousand needles hitting your skin as you acclimate to the cold was a slap in the face. So I'm feeling overwhelmed by the cold and uh, I'm kind of mucking around here. I feel those little touches against the legs, probably just allergy and plants and everything else, but I'm definitely, definitely not feeling at my best here. A little bit freaked out, uh, certainly, nervous about being in the lake and, and super cold. So they get the boat in position, they give me the instructions and they get the handle, you know, the triangle to put in front of you. And, you know, I got the skis on after them helping me a little bit and flexing around. And now it's, um, they give me the instructions like, hey, we're going to crank the boat up and all you need to do is just, just stand up. So I'm ready to go. I'm holding on and uh, just sitting there in the cold waiting. The boat cranks up, the engine goes into gear, takes off, and bam, I faceplant within two seconds and get just a full mouthful of lake. And uh, I'm coughing and choking it up, and, and it's absolutely disgusting, and I'm just oh, trying to gasp for breath. And uh, 
a little daunting, a little embarrassing, and this is not really the start that I expected. So a couple of minutes later, it takes, they've got to get the boat back in position. They got to get the triangle back in place and set me up again. And, uh, and now, you know, they just put me in, in position and they crank the engine up again and they're off and running. And what happens? Bam, another face plant. So this is obviously not going as expected. And, uh, and, and I really don't know what the hell I'm doing in this lake. And, but at this point, we try again. So it's in seemingly endless loops. We do this taking five minutes at a time, pulling the boat around, getting the triangle in place. Uh, if my ski falled off, fell off, having to go get the ski, put it back in position. And what happens time after time after time, quick face plan. I mean, within one second and, uh, and it's getting old pretty quickly. And my dad is just, just give me that quiet encouragement. Just, uh, you know, hang in there, Mark. Uh, just those little moments of, uh, all right, you're getting close, buddy. And, and at the time, I'm, I'm probably, I know I'm not believing him, but I know I had this voice of, of support and incredible patience, obviously, for the guys on this boat because they've been just crushing it on the lake for hours. And now here's struggling old me. And this, this can't be a heck of a lot of fun for them watching me flail around and do face plants. So I remember after, who knows, maybe it was time number nine, time number 10, maybe it was go number 11, and, and I get a huge gulp of water. Now I'm choking a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm fighting back tears at this point because I'm cold. I've been in the lake for a while. I've swallowed, I don't know how much lake water. It's still dark. I got stuff touching my legs, and it's just embarrassing because all I'm doing is face planting. And then sitting there as I watch the boat circle around and kind of get back in position. And it's just not for me. But there's that voice of encouragement of my dad just, just trying to keep me from giving up. And he said, uh, you know, Mark, let's just, give it a, let's just give it another shot. And so it's probably time number 12 now. And, uh, and I'm just about that breaking point. I'm shivering a little bit because I've been in the cold. And I'm chattering. My mind is just not in a good place. And on goat number 12, wouldn't you believe that the boat comes into gear? And what happens? Like, like the young fawn who's finding the legs, I wobble my way up to my feet. And for about seven glorious seconds, there I am kind of teetering, but I'm on two feet. And so about seven glorious seconds, I am on top of the world as I just feel that adrenaline rush of being on my feet, the boat racing along. And yeah, then I face life again. So I, the boat circles around this time, but I just, I couldn't be more victorious. I just had this feeling of elation that I did it. And at that point, since I'd gotten up, like we were done. So I climb into the boat and, uh, and yeah, we, we gather the skis up, take the, take the life vest off for a second. My dad throws a towel around me and just says, I'm proud of you, Mark. And it's just one of those moments 
where I, I remember it clear as day and I just, I just savor and cherish it for the rest of my life because in no way, shape and form, once I got out there in the water, which I didn't even know I wanted to do in the first place. And I wasn't so sure about after giving me that nudge and then being able to hang in there long enough where I got through the cold, I got through the embarrassment, I got through the nervousness and anxiety about the darkness of the lake and, and everything in it. And I did it. And sure, did I break any, any land speed records or the seven-year-old record for a water skiing? Hell no. But that moment, I did something that I didn't think I could do. And I don't really remember much specifically of what happened the next hour or so, but the other guys got their turns back on the boat. And uh, I just remember just feeling on top of the world that I, I was one of these guys and that I had done what they were doing. And somehow that just made it made all the difference. And what, what an incredible day it was. Probably didn't get a chance to go water skiing again for another 10 years, but it was a moment. And as I kind of reflect and think about it years later, and, and I look at it now as a parent of 12 year old girls, there's absolutely something magical about that ability to just know when to push. And there are certainly so many examples, you know, just seen from my time as a teacher and a coach of parents who push too hard because they want the best for their kids. It's totally natural and normal that they want their kids to achieve. Uh, but I think there's that fine line between that proper push and that nudge where you know you want to give them the opportunity. And then, yes, they themselves have that inherent desire to do something. And so that push helps give them the opportunity to do something that they couldn't without being that, that shove into something that really is just really not providing much of a, of a piece of growth or an opportunity because it's not something that they wanted. And, and I think knowing when to push is just really an art form. At the same time, I have to say that throughout my upbringing, and I think about it, yeah, my dad, he gave that push sometimes to encourage me at different points. At one point watching him, watching my brother, it was that little push to, to go work out and watch them. I probably started around age 11 when I was just seeing them do it and him encouraging and nudging me when I didn't want to. And thank God for that because fitness has been a part of my life and something I'm passionate about and part of my identity for almost 40 years. At the same time, I think there's this other dichotomy of not just pushing, but knowing when to pull back. And I'm also blessed that my dad knew how to do that too. Different inflection points in my life um, in terms of what college I wanted to go to, in terms of what I wanted to do in college, what I wanted to do after. He never really tried to push me in any direction and he knew when to pull back. I remember distinctly having a conversation in the summertime before my freshman year of college. And he said, you know, Mark, you, know, you don't have to wrestle in college. And I remember this conversation and I thought, what the hell are you talking about? Like all I've ever known has been wrestling for the last six years. I wrestled in middle school. It became a fundamental part of who I was in high school. So of course I'm going to wrestle in college. There was no even conception that I wouldn't. And I think what he was trying to suggest was that don't do it for me. 
Don't do it because your brother did it. Do it because you want to. And yeah, you know what? Lo and behold, two years later, after kind of suffering through maybe one of the darkest stretches of my wrestling career as a sophomore, I knew exactly what he meant because I had to come to that adult decision that it was my choice. And I needed to decide whether this was something I wanted to continue doing or not. That's another story for another time. But again, he knew when to pull back and let me make my own decisions. Coming out of college, it was the same way. Um, I remember this time period, which was really strange of, of, I'd call it senior spring, when investment banks and consulting firms were coming up to visit us up at Williams. And I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I took the interviews and went through it because everybody else did. And fortunately, uh, I had a couple of offers and, and some chances to go into that world. And something in me just said, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. My heart is not in it. And my dad could have pushed and, and said, hey, you really should go do this for two years or three years. It's going to set you up for the next steps of your career. But instead, he pulled back. And when I came out of college, still not knowing what I wanted to do, and I took probably the most surprising 180 degree turn in the other direction, where I told him, I wanna go pursue acting, which is probably not what he was thinking or what my parents wanted coming out of a, a prestigious liberal arts college that I was, gonna, I was gonna have my next step to some kind of career that was uh, consistent and had a forward path. And it was just really commensurate with the education I just received they pulled back and let me make that decision and supported me in going on this exploration. When I decided four years later, after a long stretch of off, off Broadway theater, a little bit of commercial and voiceover work to really go for it and move to California, I know it broke their hearts because I grew up in New Jersey and had been around them my whole life, other than living in New York City, which was again, relatively close, they pulled back. And, and let me go to make that decision. And so obviously after being out there for about a five month period, I knew it was time to close that chapter and come back. But a different kind of parent probably wouldn't have provided me with that freedom. So to me, the art of parenting is knowing when to push and knowing when to pull back. Because it's really easy to do one or the other. It's really easy to be a pusher. And it's really easy to be a laissez-faire parent who just pulls back all the time and lets their kid decide everything. And I honestly think you need to do both. And it's both an art and a science. And so the great ones, like my dad, had the ability to know when to do which. So as I do my best to put my best foot forward uh, in the imperfect world of parenting and trying to be the best dad I can to my girls, Annie and Lily, I try to follow the same model of providing that that gentle, thoughtful push when I know getting them outside their comfort zone is going to give them that opportunity to, to be challenged, to struggle, to have some adversity, and to do something that's going to make them uncomfortable. And at the same time, to pull back when it's just the impetus is so strong there to want to be able to control everything, but sometimes able to let go and remove yourself and, and let your kids make their own decisions, let your kids have their own choices. And yeah, Sometimes make those mistakes and, and learn on their own, learn through adversity, learn through failure, and build that confidence that they can make the decisions. And that's the greatest gift that he gave me. So dad, 
just wanted to be able to reshare that story uh, from, from that day many years ago in Lake Bombazine, 42 years ago. It was, uh, it was a signature moment for me. It's one I'll always remember. And, uh, and I'm thankful for all you've done for me. So happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. And can't wait to spend this Father's Day with you. So for all the dads out there listening to this podcast, happy Father's Day to you on this day and every day this month. And if you like this episode, please share it. Please spread the word as we keep growing this community of high performers. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.